Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Drew Neal. Drew is the founder of Solutionary Ventures, which has helped 250 plus companies and nearly 1,000 founders across 20 nations scale their businesses by growing employees and creating innovative solutions for their greatest challenges. With 20-plus years' experience in business growth, he is a highly sought-after EQ international speaker who has done thousands, thousand-plus speaking engagements, some of which attracted as many as 20,000 attendees. Drew is also a co-developer of a digital SEL platform for high schoolers to discover and grow their purpose, which has been adopted by high schoolers in 43 U.S. states. Welcome, Drew. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here today. Happy to have the conversation. Oh, yeah, it's great. I see this is a phenomenal work that you're doing. How did, you, how did this all start? How did you get into entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's funny because I think sometimes maybe entrepreneurship finds people, but sometimes maybe it's just in your blood. And uh, for me, it's just been in my blood. I've always been that kind of driven self-starter and started organizing, organizing and gathering people in a very, in my, I'm trying to tell people what to do and trying to figure out how we can <laughs> get a few things done together. And uh, so leadership was just very natural for me. And uh, I actually took my first leadership course at 13 years old, I still have all my notes and the notebook for it. And I was the only, the only child in attendance, if you will. And so those things were very natural for me. And, and so my family has a missions background. And so because of that, it exposed me very early to the international community. And so it's been my joy to, to work and serve varying levels of economic impact when it comes to national solutions across the world and whether it's been with in, in government related programs, whether it's been in business programs or in philanthropic programs, uh, a lot of impact has, has happened because of that. And I love culture. I love diversity. I love discovering new things. I love the joy of having, eating a meal on something I can't even explain what it is. I'll try it at least once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's excellent. Yes. That's excellent. And I see that. You have, you do specialize in maximizing human potential. Can you speak more about that? Yeah, certainly. I, there's a, there's, we have so much information and so much data available to us today. And when we think about business, everyone's thinking about data when it comes to maybe the end user. And this has really transformed, you know, how we think about building businesses. Obviously, the whole idea of, design thinking and UX experience has been that, hey, now we're able to anticipate the behaviors of our users because we have so much data. And, and ultimately, this has been the first entry point into, into business when it comes to thinking about the mechanics of humanity at, at the level that we have. But what's exciting is about the same data and information isn't just giving us an advantage on the end user. It's giving us an advantage to anticipate our own leadership 
is giving us an advantage to anticipate the performance of our employees, how to build well-rounded teams, and what it looks like to build a group of people who find a synergized purpose, a sense of value, and a sense of worth when it comes to the work that they're giving into the marketplace. And so people are becoming more particular as we become more emotionally and socially intelligent We're finding out that there are reasons why we click and work well with some people and not with others. It's not just a talent issue. This isn't just about skill competency. This is really about their human skill. We used to call them soft skills, but that's a soft definition if you ask me. This is about human skills, right? And our ability to really understand why humans behave the way they do, what they're motivated by, what increases performance, what allows them to feel like they belong, connected to a vision to what's going on and ultimately to have a dignifying experience with other people while we create products and services of meaning. Excellent. And it is a soft way of looking at it, but the human potential is what drives a business, right? Like when we go to a business, we're not looking at the bricks. We're not looking at the signage, right? It's the actual people behind the company that make the difference and make that leap in either success or struggle, whatever you may say. So bringing that potential, how do you do that? Like, how do you bring out that potential from humans? Yeah, ultimately, this is a leadership conversation because it starts with understanding your own potential. So this is a journey in self-awareness. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important that people understand this is one of the fundamentals of emotional intelligence is that I'm willing to become aware of my own preferences, of my behavioral style, willing to become aware of the experience I create for other people. And it's it's interesting because if you look at someone who's, say they're waiting tables and they're serving at a restaurant, you get immediate feedback through that tip experience about Mm. what experience you gave them. You may not agree with the experience. You may believe it's the kitchen's fault. You may believe they were just a terrible customer but you're going to get real-time feedback from that customer about how they experienced you. And there's something, there's a nugget of truth. There's something that's truthful inside of that feedback. It may not be completely true, but there's something Mm -hmm. to learn and to grow from. And and that's because we are offering a human experience to everyone around us in every interaction that we have, whether verbal, nonverbal. And so we as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as people who are wanting to have an impact in the world around us, whether you're in real estate, you're in a startup, you're wanting to make something for someone else, or you're in philanthropic work, ultimately, we are giving, we have to be responsible for the experience that we give people. And when we do, and we understand the tools to do that, there is a way to do that, then we're able to really then teach that or expect that our collaborators, our investors, our shareholders, our stakeholders, anyone that's working for us can also live out that reality and have the chance to also be responsible for themselves. And so self-awareness leads to self-governance. Self-governance leads to social awareness. Social awareness leads to social governance and really changes the experience that we give people that we're serving. Yeah, and the self-awareness is a big component, right? If we, we tend to always try to figure things out on the outside or try to maybe the sales department needs uplift or marketing and or dollars spent on ads. and But I feel that there's not enough 
being spoken about the self-awareness because if we start utilizing individually, each person starts taking that responsibility and starts becoming more and more aware. Like my life has completely changed because of that self-awareness, right? Because I was never self-aware. It was always someone else's a problem or issue or <laughs> that it couldn't be me kind of thing. But it does definitely help in the growth of a business. But do you find that there is an incline in self-awareness when it comes to entrepreneurship and how it was before, say, 10, 20 years ago? Well, certainly. And I think, honestly, we're seeing a, a bigger gap in the workforce because of it. Because we do have people who are becoming self-aware, which is leading to that self-governance piece. And those who can self-govern in their leadership are going to be more stable, more consistent, more. Mm -hmm. And so there's a gap being created in the workforce right now of the haves and the have-nots because it's a journey. And those who were already on the journey have grown disproportionately in their leadership, in their entrepreneurship opportunities. And so it's, it's really becoming a differentiator right now. And so it's really important if we're wanting to bring things to market, we're wanting to build a team, no matter where you're at in your journey of expressing who you are in the marketplace, there's a need for us to understand ourselves and build a team who also has that so that we really can't compete and deliver on the market. And do you find resistance to self-awareness when you're going into a business, trying to help them improve? Do you find there is a resistance when it comes to self-awareness? Yes, of, of course, because yeah. this ends up impacting the ego, right? And everyone has an mm, ego. Yeah, to it definitely with. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the challenges show up differently for the entrepreneur versus maybe the more corporate environment. Yeah. For the entrepreneur, this just really comes down to, can you build a team? And any entrepreneur who has the desire to, to make a lot of money, to get control of their time, to have whatever their goals are, most entrepreneurs, yeah. their goals include having to have a successful team. You will not be able to hit your goals unless you have a team with you. Solo, solopreneurs, that's a, you can build a great lifestyle business as a solopreneur, but you probably won't hit some of the big objectives and goals that most entrepreneurs have. And so what does it look like for us to, to really understand how to live self-aware and to self-govern? The biggest tool that people resist and the biggest challenge it's created is that self-awareness is experienced through feedback. It's the same story as the waiter or the waitress. The feedback can hurt sometimes, but I really believe mm. feedback is the key mechanism. I can be as powerful and influential in someone's world as I am willing to receive feedback from that individual, sustainably speaking. So yeah. in an authoritarian model, of course, employee shows up, boss is there, boss says this, no one asks any questions. And it's just this very narrow, old school, archaic, barbaric approach, we would call it now. Authoritarianism is not sustainable in the sense of creating meaning and purpose for everyone involved and really having the most value. When you're able to have leadership that then is in an empowering model, it really creates room for those who are even in a subordinate role to create feedback, to let the leader know how they're experiencing them in real time. And then powerful choices can get made about setting boundaries, about creating accountability in both directions and creating a successful human interaction. And so we need leaders. We need people who have responsibility to get things done. And that leader needs the right to hold employees accountable. But employees also have the right to bring transparency to power, bring transparency to leadership, 
and to bring feedback there. It's a two-way street or else it's yeah, not a definitely. relationship, right? No. And yeah. the workforce that's emerging right now will not tolerate one-way streets any longer. It has to be yeah. a two-way human experience. And so it's bringing a lot of transparency and feedback. But ultimately, I believe that feedback, it equals value. And there's value in every feedback. And any re relationship, a professional relationship, working relationship that doesn't have feedback, to, mean, to me, it means that relationship is not valuable. Yeah, definitely. I agree. The feedback component is huge, even in families, right? Like when you're in your relationships and stuff, like you want that feedback. And the issue is when we talk about ego, when we have that feedback, it can cause a lot of emotional chaos, right? If we're not self-aware. But with that self-awareness, that feedback is wonderful because you get a chance to improve. Certainly, certainly. And that's ultimately, I think, there's an innate desire for all of us to grow. We're yeah. motivated differently in the areas that we're driven to grow in. But this progress mm -hmm. is so invaluable. And when we can point that towards getting our inner world aligned so that in working in a healthy way, both emotionally and mentally, when we bring that alignment, it allows our external world to then have to make some big choices. And Tony Robbins is famous for saying that, you know, 80% of our success is connected to the alignment of our internal world, dictating nice. the alignment of our ex external world, right? And mm -hmm. so how you manage emotions, how you manage feelings, how you manage your motivation, how you manage your thought life, how you manage all your mindsets, these things dictate the impact and the results in your external world. And so these worlds coming together really allow us to have to have the impact that we're looking for. Yeah, every aspect, right? It, it touches upon every aspect of the outside experience. It's, it's incredible. And the stuff that you're doing, it's hands down, like for me and my books, I'm very passionate about this. And I'm grateful to have a chance to meet you and hear about what you guys are doing and the wonderful things that you're doing with other people. Because one person at a time, if you can make changes, it can add up because each person when they start experiencing that self-awareness, when they start seeing there's another part beyond ego and then they start feeling good in that part and they see, wow, this is, there's all love here and there's all unity and like I just, everything is just great, right? From that place, they can't hold it back. It's not something that you say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to share this. Right? They're the ones that are the loudest, right? They're talking to other people. They're telling me, hey, they give recommendations, suggestions. Why don't you look at it this way? In time, what kind of impact will that make? Not just in the business world, but on, on your personal side as well, right? Yeah, ultimately, if we're honest, as a civilization, we're just getting so wealthy. And with wealth comes time. And with time comes you sitting with yourself, asking hard questions. <laughs> COVID-19 was so dynamic yes. for a lot of reasons. One of the many dynamic reasons was that people got to sit with themselves and hear yeah. themselves think, experience their life, slow down. That was my second. turning point. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It, am I doing what I want to do? Is yeah. this meaningful for me? Is this purposeful for me? And there's a real massive shift. Everyone's talking about the great, the great quit or the great layoff or the great leaving of corporate America. 
and it really is connected to one of the main ideas is connected to is the idea that people are just like, I don't want to work for the big machine anymore where I'm just a number. I'm just counting the beans. I'm just a small little piece in a big, huge structure. I want to be valued. I want to be seen. I want to belong to something. And there's a lot of corporate leaders right now who are laughing at the statement I just made. But what they don't understand is they don't understand the emerging workforce and the demand they're placing at a social level. You could even say at a familial level inside of the workplace, they are now finding family experience with their coworkers and are expecting connection, memories, shared experience. They want this mixture that no other generation has ever demanded inside of the workplace. And it's coming like a freight train. And the data on this, the research on this, the performance, it's, it's very interesting. And we have to begin to get innovative about our cultures so that we can really build a culture that will support a team intentionally that will still perform, but will perform in a very different way. It's the same gap that we had with the millennials that we've had to overcome. There's, this may even be a bigger gap we're going to have to overcome. Things are about to look different. And people are going to perform in different environments. Obviously, the remote work is impacting it as well. And so we're reimagining right now what human performance in the marketplace looks like because we're realizing that people don't just want to get paid. I was on a... Yeah, no. They don't. And people are willing to... There's actually data that says 49% of people would be willing to take a 50% pay cut to do something more meaningful in their life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... It's one of the top HR research firms in the nation, and they're finding that people want purpose. And so for entrepreneurs, especially, we have a great, as an entrepreneur, fellow entrepreneur, we have a great opportunity to create purposeful business. That's what I'm doing. I'm working in a business that I built that aligns with who I am. It allows my superpowers to be on display, to have a chance to serve people in a way that makes sense, not just with the market, it makes sense with who I am. It makes sense with my passion, my purpose, the design that allows me to function in the way that I'm able to. It's that mixture of Mm. of the things I was handed in my genes and in my DNA, as well as then that nurturing experience that we all go through. The education, the certifications, failure, trying, growing, this journey into a career, it shapes the substance you were given that it creates a very unique experience. When you're aware of all those components, you're then able to create business, I believe, that's aligned with you. So that your product and service is not just a market grab or a profit grab. It's about being honest and authentic with who you are and creating an experience for the user through products and services that are a lot like who you are, just in the form of a product or a service. Yes, it's the alignment. And I always like to say is that Every human being, I feel, is super. When I say you are super, right? I say that every human being has been given the gifts to create here while we're here on on this earth, right? So we need to utilize that. And the frustration comes is when we don't realize that purpose, right? And when we get, especially when we, we don't have that relationship where we work, when we're just a number, that adds on to that weight of not having that purpose and not feeling worthy. You know what I mean? It, it decreases the level of how they even operate and how productive they are, right? So if you change that in a workplace, 
their productivity will increase, right? They'll feel like they're more of a family than just a number, right? And they start broadening their mindset to even know what their purpose is. Maybe it's not even a job, maybe it's a business, whatever it is. But the more people become self-aware, that's the gateway to that world to find that purpose. Yeah, ultimately, you know, I love this question and it's a little bit subjective, but it's what problem does your purpose solve? Mm. Ultimately, as entrepreneurs, we need to understand that we will earn proportionate to the pain that we remove from someone's life, right? So any good marketer understands that you got to speak out of the why, you got to speak to the pain of the user and then help them understand why your product or service is going to relieve pain from them. Mm. So this isn't just a sales proposition. This can be a purpose proposition if we are self-aware. If we're aware of mm. our human mechanics, if we're aware of our human design, if we're aware of the intentions, motivations, behavioral preferences, and then understand mm. what value that creates for another human, we can then create products and services from a purposeful yeah. point of view that will allow us to truly serve the end user in a way that's going to make their lives better. And so that awareness is crucial, but understanding that we create that experience for people all the time and becoming aware of it allows us to understand the value proposition, not just of a transaction in business, but really of our existence, which creates higher level of meaning, creates higher level of satisfaction, and really begins to open up this idea of how human behavior becomes a rewarding experience. Yeah. A company with a heart, that's the future. Companies that have heart, that's where the future is. And we see it happening. And and that's what you guys are doing. That's wonderful as well. Like mm -hmm. it's the more the more of us, like more of people that are working this type of information into people's lives is adding on to that positive note, right? It's adding on to that transition, that change in a positive shift. So I really am grateful that, that to know the things that you guys are doing. And I hope that you get to more and more people. And this is a great way going on podcasts and stuff, different audiences get to hear you. So it's great. We also like to ask our guests what their innermost superpower is that got them to this point in their life. Yeah. So I would say my superpower is wisdom. And I've actually created courses on this, on helping people discover their superpower. And so in a very measured way to actually create answers for other people like this. But ultimately, I define wisdom as the ability to integrate. And it takes a lot of human awareness to understand how functional things and humans come together. And really, I think the greatest challenge in our culture right now is the intersection of technology, finance, and humanity. And it's in the convergence of those three areas, those three relationships being negotiated, that's going to determine really the success of a new age that we're stepping into. Civilization is, globalization is changing the civilization. And as we architect a new age, we're going to need to understand that relationship between humanity, technology, and finance. This is going to be the new thing that governs going forward. And wisdom is the ability to negotiate those cool those values, if you will. And I also like the idea of the blueprint. You got some real, real estate people. I built a couple of hundred houses myself. I love real estate and I've had a lot of great experiences there. It's interesting because a blueprint helps you measure and, uh, and it helps you measure things that don't normally relate. 
And, and two things that don't normally relate are ore and trees. Ore is in the ground and trees growing out of the ground. They don't normally relate. But on a blueprint, the architect reimagines that tree as a two by four and ore as a nail and then creates a relationship, a measured relationship to discover something greater. And that really is that ability. That's wisdom to architect, to integrate. And and it's my joy to do that for people and their business and to solve their greatest challenges. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much, Drew, for sharing that. And coming on our show today, I would I could talk about this stuff forever. I, I absolutely love it. And again, I wish you all the best. Continue on. If you are coming out with any books or anything like that, let us know. Uh, we can see how we can help uh, get that out to people as well. And audience, thank you once again for joining us today. You heard Drew, all the information, all his contact information will be available in the show notes as always. Get in touch, check out what they're doing, you know, get a consultation. I forgot to ask you, Drew, is there some kind of a consultation you offer? Is it free, paid? Yeah, certainly. Just go to drewneal.com and there's free consultations there and explore how we can serve you best. Great. Perfect. Thank you, Drew. And audience, thank you. And we'll see everyone again. Bye-bye. Thank you.